the Happy Psychic Podcast with me, your guiding light, Gemma Lonsdale. I'm a clairvoyant life coach and two-time breast cancer survivor. And with this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey of healing and personal growth. We're also going to explore the spirit realm together and what it's like to be a clairvoyant medium. So on today's show, I am joined by Kelly Sparta and Kelly is the spirit doctor, transformational shaman, um, and her organization is Sacred Power and Purpose Mystery School. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you for having me, Gemma. It's great to be here. It is very, very good to have you. So today I was really excited to actually get to speak to you because I know that we had discussed the topic of why people don't heal and how they can. And I think it's a really good topic to be able to discuss actually what are the issues that we come up against whenever we are trying to heal and how we can actually get there. But before we even get on to that bit, I was quite curious to understand how you had actually come to this point yourself and how you got so involved in the spiritual healing? Well, that's a great question. Um, my mother said I was talking to ghosts in my crib. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, she, my mother was psychic when she was a child and she was scared of it and she turned it off and she never managed to figure out how to turn it back on again. And so she was absolutely dedicated to the idea that that would not happen to me. And so from a very young age, like she would bring home personal growth classes and psychic development stuff. And from the time I was about five years old, she brought home Est when I was six, which is a precursor to Landmark, the not kinder, gentler version of Landmark, right? And um, and I was raised on Seth and Ram Dass and Abraham Hicks and JC Knight and you name it. I read it, listened to it, whatever. And uh, I was doing self-hypnosis by the age of 10. I was doing tarot cards at 12. She had me doing, as I said, psychic development classes, palmistry classes, you name it. I, I don't even know. And then um, I went to college and sort of wandered off from the spiritual path and then married a man who was an atheist and wandered from there. And seven years later, when I was getting divorced, I was coming back to the spiritual world, right? And uh, I touched back in and there was this um, moment in fact, that was the moment that I decided to get divorced was I was getting certified as a trainer for Mind Empowerment International. And uh, this guy who was the trainer said, you know, somebody needs healing and did a Reiki session on me and had me walk into my heart mm-hmm. and, and my heart was black and dripping. And I was like, okay, that's my husband. Okay, got to be done. Right. And that actually stepped me onto the path of healing uh, because I hadn't realized that your hands being hot was a sign that you were running healing energy. And I had spent my entire childhood cooling my hands off on my, the metal parts of my desk because my hands were running 24 seven. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, well, clearly I'm a healer because this has been going on my whole life. Right. And so I started getting trained in that. And that sort of put me on this path, uh, which ultimately took me through Wicca into shamanism and ultimately transformational shamanism, which is where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, because so I, I was, uh, that's a short word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for keeping it succinct. Yeah, because I, I actually did, 
my path, it's not that my path has been the same. Obviously, our paths are all different, but it's funny. I came into my spirituality after my divorce and I did wonder, oh, was your divorce part of what triggered that for you? But it seemed you were starting to get involved in that a little bit anyway, before your marriage had really come to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I started getting certified in this course at the very end of my marriage. It mm-hmm. was like six months before the end of my marriage, I had signed up for this course. Mm-hmm. And then in the course that became apparent and off we went to the races and suddenly I'm getting divorced and my husband's trying to talk me out of it. And I'm like, you're an atheist and I'm going to be a high priestess. I don't think mm-hmm. this is going to be a match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just don't see how we get through this. If, if you had respect for it, that would be one thing, but you think it's complete crap. So that's yeah. A problem, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was like, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, there was a huge shift for me at that time, but it was also my Saturn return. So I was 28. Right. So I raised my entire life. I just like destroyed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I divorced my husband. I gave him the dog. I sold the house. I sold my business and I moved out of state to meet, to, to live with a bunch of people that I met at the Renaissance fair. Mm-hmm. My, my former business partner said that I'd run off and join the circus and he wasn't really more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though, is it, that is like just such a good example of how we grow as people and how quickly we can actually grow. And I think that people really underestimate that. You know, I, I do a lot of readings and work with people that, think well the position that I'm in is still going to be the position that I'm in in 10 years time and I'm like that is so far from the truth things could totally change you know six days six weeks six months from now it only takes Mm -hmm. one moment to completely change your perspective on life and you just do not know what what way you'll end up going um and that is like a prime example of how quickly you grew apart and how you and your husband realized that you were on different paths well you realized maybe that you were on a different path to him more than him realizing um so yeah we, we can completely change completely change and in terms of the work then that you do with people well I suppose first of all what sort of people do you tend to work with so the people I work with, are, I refer to them as the wounded well. So they've, mm-hmm. they've had some trauma in the past. They've had some challenges. They probably have gone to therapy or at least on a ton of personal growth work sort of stuff. Um, and they're, they're functional, mm-hmm. but they're not happy. Yeah. And so uh, that's when they come to me and start working with me because I, I start to help unwind all of the the ways in which their brain has been trained to work in sort of weird ways that are not healthy. And Mm -hmm. I help them to retrain their brains into that new pattern. But I also work with them on an energetic level to make Mm -hmm. sure that because they're all empaths, all my clients are empaths. So they feel what other people feel. They get overwhelmed by other people's strong emotions. They have a really hard time breaking up with people because they mix their energies with the person. And so when the person leaves, they take some of their energy and they leave some of theirs. And they, they're like, I can't get this person out of my thoughts. It's like, well, yeah, because they're still in your energy field, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's a lot of pieces and parts that go into being an empath. And so I work with them on that and, and on how to energetically protect themselves and their space mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, 
the work that I do is specifically designed to take people from a point where they're in anxiety, worry, dread, self-doubt, inner and outer judgments, and get them to a place where all of their baggage is neatly labeled carry-on size, and there's a nice toolkit on top that lets them work on it going forward. Mm-hmm. Because we're never done, right? So I can't just say, yeah. oh, well, you'll be done. Nobody's done. If anybody mm-hmm. tells you that they can take you from zero to done, they're lying. They don't yeah. know what they're talking or they don't know yeah. what they're talking about. One or the other, yeah. right? I know. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? Because a lot of people, I, you know, you would hear people saying, yes, I'm healed. I've healed myself. And I always think you haven't, you, you know, right. and even whenever we cross over and we're in the afterlife and we're looking down on our, you know, relatives and we're, we're the ancestor, like we're not done even then it's a right. continual process. And I think that that's the difficult thing that people can't get their head around all the time. You know, they think it's like a, a one-time thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a goal oriented culture, right? So, you know, when you live in a space where people are goal oriented, then they're going to naturally apply that to spirituality. And one of the things that I tell my students when they walk in the door is like, look, the faster you can let go of the goal of being done, the faster you will actually get closer to being done. Right? Mm-hmm. Not that you'll ever be done, but you'll be closer. Right. Uh, because, Goals are in the future and all spiritual work is done in the present. Mm-hmm. And so if you're constantly going, well, I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet, then you're going to be judging yourself, which is a resistance to change. Mm-hmm. You're going to be living in the future and going, well, why am I not there yet? Ah. And, and you're not going to be present to what's going on now, which requires letting go of expectations and the how of where you're going to go, right? Mm -hmm. It's that whole manifestation thing, right? You can't be attached to the how. You can only say what you want and take steps in that direction and let the universe give you the how. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we get stuck in the how around our personal stuff very Mm -hmm. often. And so it's, it's, it's its own challenge. And it sounds as though you're working with everyday people that have everyday issues, but are aware that they are, empathic and aware that they have issues that do need to be addressed and I would say that probably 40% of my people know they're empaths um they are all empaths but not everybody knows what that means um and I would say that 60 70% of them know that they have issues from their childhood Mm -hmm. and the rest don't know they they have been gaslit and their mm-hmm. parents you know basically convinced them that they weren't there wasn't a problem and so what they find is that they have the symptoms they come mm-hmm. on that they, they, you know they listen to my podcast and they start to hear things and they see all the symptoms and they're like my childhood was good and it's like but I've got the symptoms it's like yeah well you know if you got the symptoms something was up because you would not mm-hmm. have these symptoms if you did not have this problem and so you know they would come in and be like well I, but I, I'm not sure it's for me because I don't have the you know I don't I, I didn't have that and I'm like mm, yeah well let me ask you some questions yeah and, you know we get into it and they're like oh yeah maybe I did yeah <laughs> because like why do you think people don't heal and I guess one of them could be the fact that actually they're unaware that they have healing to do but what other things do you run into well so typically the the biggest reason is that people try to go to the end first Mm -hmm. before they're ready to do the work so Typically you hear about shadow work, right? You hear about, you know, 
unwinding your limiting beliefs and your triggers and your buttons and all of that, which is by the way, shadow Mm -hmm. work. So in case you didn't know what that definition was and the challenge is that you, you aren't ready to do that work until you've done two steps first. And if you try to go into that work before you're ready for it, one of two things will happen. Either your self-preservation will kick in and you won't make much progress at all because to go further would, would be problematic Mm -hmm. Or as many people who have been through trauma, you don't have a really great sense of self-preservation and you go and you do it anyway and you've re-traumatized yourself and you set yourself back in your journey. And so that's usually the reason why people don't grow is because they try to skip to the end. So the first step is finding emotional safety. And that is about addressing fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments, and then building a foundation of self-support and courage. And this is also about finding energetic safety in uh, managing your energy field, learning how to protect your, yourself through shielding, which by the way, won't work unless you learn how to manage your energy field first, mm-hmm. uh, if you're an empath, um, and then warding, which is protecting your, your home, right? Your space. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you combine all of that, now you have the bandwidth to actually do the work because before that you're so anxious and you're so waiting for the other shoe to drop or something come fly in its face or somebody get angry with you that you're just, you're spending all your time trying to, to figure out where the next problem is coming from. And you're so hypervigilant that you do not have the bandwidth to leave your own comfort zone and growth requires leaving your comfort zone. And so you will just resist any change because of the fact that your bandwidth is already exceeded in that regard. And so that's why you have to do finding emotional safety first. And then the second step is solidifying your energetic container, which is also solidifying your sense of self, your identity, and your power base. Those those three things go together, right? And so that's about claiming your space and setting your boundaries and owning your power and internalizing your sense of value so you're not needing other people's validation and then learning how to love yourself. And those five steps solidify your energetic container, which allows you to hold the energy you need to hold and to feel solid enough in yourself that you can do the deeper level work of pulling out the stuff that is not so comfortable, is not so pretty, is not the stuff you really want to admit about yourself, but you feel solid enough in yourself at that point that you can do the work of doing that shadow work uh, along the way. So these are the two steps that most people skip and that's mm-hmm. why they don't grow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for, for the most part, there's one other reason why people don't grow and it's because they let their resistances get the better of them. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest one is judgment. Mm -hmm. People will judge themselves and they'll be like, well, I should be further along or I can't do this or I suck at this or it's not, you know, it's not, you know, whatever I can use to find a way to say I'm inadequate to the task so that I don't have to do it. Judgment is your ego's self-defense mechanism. It keeps your ego from dying. Now, if that sounds scary, it's a process known as a shamanic death, right? And I know this sounds scary, but it's really not. Basically, if you consider it this way, you, the old you has to die in order for the new you to come into form, right? You can't live as two people at the same time. 
If you want to become a new person, if you want to evolve into the next level of you, you have to let the old you go. But the old you has a survival mechanism that says, I don't want to die, just like anything else, right? And so, therefore, it fights back using resistances. And so, that's one of the very first things that I work with my clients on is, is, you know, here are the resistances that are out there. Let's figure out what your standard Mm -hmm. resistance is because everybody's got their own default that they go to. And then let's learn to identify when you're in that resistance so that you know when you're up against something. Mm -hmm. It's so funny, actually, that you say about the energetic connection and managing your energy and protecting your energy, because that's one of the first things that my spirit guide taught me whenever I first really started to communicate with them on a daily basis. And I've often said to people that actually, if you can manage your energy and learn to master your energy, you can master anything. And I think that that is one of the most underrated things in today's world, that we undervalue and underestimate the importance of managing our energy. We talk about a lot about the things in the physical world and the things that we can touch and see and feel, you know, with our fingers, but we don't think about this whole energetic field and, you know, how we, we can take, we can take care of our physical appearance, but actually what about our spiritual housekeeping as well? And, you know, there's so many people, I actually did a TikTok on it this morning about um, psychic, well, mine was about psychic protection, but also the Mm -hmm. importance of cleansing, you know, your field and learning how to manage that. So it can, um, stabilize your moods rather than you having these highs and lows and having such a big impact from other people it is just vital that if you do that your life will be so much easier yeah well yeah and, and the thing about your energy field is that the more you do this work the brighter you become on the astral and that means more things notice you mm-hmm. and more things come to check you out And not all those things are nice. So you have to, if you're going to do any kind of work, any kind of energy work, you, it is crucial that you learn how to protect yourself because you will need to, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like walking out on a, on a big city street with, you know, $500 hanging out of your pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like they're going to come and take your money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Except that your $500 is your personal energy. Right. Yeah. Because that's that's your currency on the astral is your your own energy. Right. And so, you know, they're going to come and suck your energy if you're not careful. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I always newbies get into this and they, they freak out when I tell them things like that. They're, this. they're like, Wah. it's like, look, it's not that it's not that scary. I mean, you can make it scary if you want, because it's the unknown, but it's the equivalent of walking into a new big city that you don't know, you know, the geography and you don't know the people and you don't know what the rules are, right? It's Mm -hmm. the same thing. You learn the rules, you get advice from the people who live there and you do the things that are smart to keep yourself safe. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, it's the equivalent, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to know to do that. And the problem is, is that so many people are coming in through such, you know, strange places, you know, they're like, oh, I'll take a, I'll watch a YouTube video here and I'll write, read a book there. And there's no consistency to the, to the knowledge that they're gaining. And there's a lot of really bad advice out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, really bad advice, 
And, and mm-hmm. when I see it, I correct it. But um, when you have so many varied sources and you don't know who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't, then you, you end up with this one, you know, patch quilt understanding of what you're doing, which is, mm-hmm. you know, a really in, inconsistent uh, understanding. And two, some of your patches may be bad. Right. And so it's gotten so much worse. I I truly think that 20 years ago when I was coming back into all of this, and certainly when I was a child, it was so much easier to do, to, to, to master this because the people who were in it actually knew what they were talking about. They were in it because they were serious seekers. It was not a multi-billion dollar industry the way it is today, mm-hmm. where, you know, you have a ton of people in it who are marketers and not actually mystics. Mm-hmm. And they're just recycling path that they don't really understand to make a buck. Mm-hmm. And that's problematic for the mm-hmm. true seeker. And so it was so much easier back then than it is today. It was harder yeah. to find, but you knew what you found was good. Yeah. And that's true, actually, because even, you know, whenever I first started to develop as a psychic medium, I was actually told um, I went to a local spiritualist church and that's where I had started my development journey. And she had actually told me that um, she didn't she didn't protect herself. She didn't see the importance in it and she didn't encourage us then to protect ourselves. So it's only really as I came along my journey and really built up that connection with my guides that I was made aware of the importance. So that's a good example, I suppose, of some of the advice that we can come across that isn't always good. And I just, I love the fact that like we can both get the advice from source. We get it from the spirit world. So at least we know that what we're given out is, is accurate. So if you had somebody, which I'm sure, I'm sure we, you know, you will come across or you've probably come across before, but what are the implications of somebody not doing the work and deciding to just stay, stay as they are, to just sit in their little safety bubble? Well, I mean, you never get out of the pain you're in. Let's start with that. You know, if you're not willing to do the work, the pain isn't just going to go away. You're, mm-hmm. you're always going to be feeling the crappy way that you feel right now. Because mm-hmm. as I said, it's the wounded well. The wounds are still there, right? Um, and then... Eh, it depends on how long you went down the path before you changed your mind, mm-hmm. because there's this other piece that is the push me, pull you of spirit mm-hmm. where you say, I want this, I want this, I want this, but you refuse to do the work. I want this, I want this, but I refuse to do the work. You do that enough. And the universe is going to whack you upside the head with a clue by four that will force <laughs> you to do the work. And so this is a very important, be careful what you ask for, for you will mm-hmm. surely get it message. Uh, and, and the clue by fours to the forehead are not kind and not gentle. Like I have seen people lose a leg. I have seen people become paraplegic. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be very careful about asking for it and then refusing to follow through. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're not willing to follow through, stop asking because that will, that if you want scary, that is scarier to me than anything you could do in the work. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I have seen that myself. And I think I experienced it myself where I had sort of started out down a path and I was a bit resistant 
I, I really did. I dug my heels in and I thought, you know, I like my life. I like the corporate world. I like my nice car. You know, I, I don't want anything to change. I'll just ignore that and I'll brush it all to one side. And eventually I was dragged kicking and screaming. Um, and that is the best way that I could put it. I literally was dragged kicking and screaming. And I have seen it in other people's paths as well, where I can see that they're resisting it. And I know that spirit are going to push them. The universe is going to have its way. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting that you've actually seen the same thing as well. Yeah, well, and and you know when you talk about it, I mean, uh, as a shaman, I was dragged kicking and screaming as well. I had no idea what a shaman was, and <laughs> suddenly I'm there's somebody saying, "Well, you better listen to Grandmother Spider before she does to you what she did to me." And I'm like, uh, "Okay, what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Who's Grandmother Spider? What are we talking about? I got no clue, right?" So, yeah, and I, you know, especially with shamans, I see that a lot. Um, in fact, it's it's almost to the point where I would say that if, if you didn't get dragged kicking and screaming, then you're probably not really a shaman because it's so <laughs> endemic to the, the people I know who are truly shamans and not just mm-hmm. claiming to be shamans, right? Um, you know, hint, if you took a weekend workshop and somebody told you you're a shaman, you're not. Let me just say that, okay? Yeah. yeah. So um, that was my out loud, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and, and it's not your fault if they told you that, but stop. Cause you're not right. Um, the, the piece here is that there, there are two, two pieces in play. One is that the pandemic has really woken a lot of people up massively. I mean, just mm-hmm. we've, we've been in forced hermitage and hermitage almost universally results in initiation. And that's just how that goes, because we get pushed into being silent with ourselves and all of the stuff that we were ignoring by being too busy comes up to the surface. And now we have to look at it. Right. That's how that happens. So that's number one. Number two is if you came into this life with the intention of having a mystical experience, right, of having becoming someone who does this sort of work, learning how to do this, doing your own work. I mean, not that you have to do work for other people, just doing your own work is fully sufficient, right? Doing because that each person who does their own work impacts the planet and we're part mm-hmm. of the up-leveling of the, the consciousness of the planet. And so the if you came on with that intention, that's what you're gonna do, whether you like it or not, because you've enlisted spirit to help you with that. And so the you who's here who doesn't remember the agreement is going to be like, uh, no, I don't think so. That's kind of scary. Oh, no, I, I like my corporate life, as you said, right? Um, oh, no, I built this American dream where I had everything I wanted and suddenly it's, it's everything I hate, right? You know, boom, raised it to the ground, right? Uh, all of this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because it'll give you multiple opportunities. I can look back during college and there was a woman in college who was pagan who invited me to ceremonies there. And I could have taken that path and then I wouldn't have had to go through the path that I did. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have been, my life would have taken a different tack, obviously, but she, I had that opportunity and I went, you know, I'm kind of scared of that. I don't know what that is. And so I didn't do it. Right. But by the time I got to 28 
and it, it came back around. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm flying free and wild. I don't know what's going on. I'll do anything. Yes. Right. <laughs> Just big yes to everything. So it was, you know, but I could have done it earlier. I could have mm-hmm. saved seven years and, and moved down that road a little faster. And that was, that, that showed up a multiple multitude of times in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I was ready and sometimes I wasn't, but eventually I always got there. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And you you obviously, I'm not saying that you did it all by yourself. I'm sure that you had like help along the way and you had a lot of guidance Tons. from spirit. But Tons. do you think that this is something that people can do by themselves, that they can do the healing work alone? I will never say never, but I will say that especially when you're dealing with trauma brain, the the biggest challenge is that your perspective on the world is so off from what mm-hmm. is healed, what is a healthy perspective, that even the way you think about things is skewed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, and so therefore it makes it really hard to facilitate your own growth because you don't even know how to think about stuff in a way that is helpful. Yeah. And so could you do it? Yes. I mean, certainly somebody could do it. Um, I did not do therapy because, you know, I came up through a world where therapy meant you were defective. I'm so grateful that that's not the case anymore. Um, But I will say that I had a lot of friends who were therapists and I did a lot of processing with them, even though it wasn't official therapy, right? Um, It's also cheaper. It's also cheaper. It's also cheaper. (laughs) But but yeah, I did a lot of processing. And, and, you know, when you say I had help, oh my God, I had so much help. So much help. I mean, every, I I lived in the personal growth communities. I lived in the magical communities. I, I literally lived in a house with five other people who were on a spiritual path and we did healing work on each other on an almost daily basis. I mean, we were just, we were working together. We were working through stuff together. I, my favorite phrase for about 10 years was I need a reality check Mm -hmm. because my brain is saying it's this. And what do you see? And they would say, no, 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 it's this. And I go, really? Okay. Let me wrap my head around that. Right. Mm -hmm. But that required me letting them define my reality to a certain Mm -hmm. extent, right. In order to do that. And so, you know, that's got its own risk. If you hand Mm -hmm. that over to the wrong person, then, you know, you could be manipulated and controlled in all sorts of ways. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, Personally, you know, I did it in a way that was less expensive, (laughs) but uh, probably less, um, might have been more efficient if I had paid to go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the insurance might have covered some of it. So, (laughs) but you still, you still got, I think it's a case of, you know, there are multiple paths to get to the destination and you, figured out a path it might have been a longer one but it still got you there yeah still got you there you know what's funny is that um I I kind of because I have an engineer brain I'm I'm an intuitive with an engineer brain which is a weird combination Uh, but because of that what I've done is that I as I went through my personal process for that 25 years right because I'm Mm -hmm. 52 now so 27 years um as I, as I went through that, um, I wrote down everything that worked Mm -hmm. and 
that's what I turned into my program ultimately was mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm doing all of these things. I'm only going to write down the stuff that works. And slowly over the course of those years, I built a book, which I tried giving away to people for a while. They were friends of mine and say, okay, here's this and here's that. And here's the other thing. And, and then I'd come back, you know, three months, two years, five years later. And I'd say, Hey, did you ever finish the book? And they, to a person, they would all say, no, I'm still actively thinking about chapter X. And it would be a different chapter for each person, but I'd be like, huh, how long have you been thinking about that? And they'd be like, Oh, five months, two years. I'm like, yeah, you're stuck. And they're like, I am Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're stuck. And they didn't know that they were stuck. And I was like, okay, I can't sell this as a book. It has to have coaching associated with it because they're not getting through it and that's not Mm -hmm. serving them. So that's when I turned it into a program Mm -hmm. um, because it just needed it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would your advice be to people who are sort of embarking on this path and are starting to develop that awareness that maybe they need to do something to move in a direction where they're going to be happier So what you're describing is sort of what I refer to as the discovery phase. Um, So discovery phase is where you say, well, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the spiritual world, typically looking for a magic pill. And then you go, Ooh, this stuff really works. Wow. People are actually psychic. Wow. Readings really work. Wow. Angels exist. I love these crystals. They're freaking cool. Right. And you get like all excited and the bright and shiny distracts you for two to five years on average. Mm -hmm. And that was exactly what I built my podcast for actually was to shorten that distance of those two to five years Mm -hmm. to the time it would take to binge 15, 20 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. That was my goal because that part is so seductive and it's so easy. It's a resistance that is a distraction resistance, right? It's mm-hmm. so easy to get sucked into it. So I, I think the first thing I would say is don't get sucked into it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, magic exists. Yes, psychic stuff is cool. Yes, energy is cool. And keep in mind that the reason you got here is because you're looking for a solution to your lack of happiness, not so that you could be bright and shiny and, you know, magical. That's Mm -hmm. not being magical is not going to solve your dissatisfaction with your life. And, and the other piece I'm going to say is don't dump your day job Mm -hmm. because it is so much easier to do your spiritual work when you have a financial foundation than when you don't, mm-hmm. because now you're, you're, you're in survival mode for your living and nothing pulls you out of being spiritual faster than being in survival mode around where am I going to eat, sleep, or, you know, mm-hmm. um, how do I get clothes? All of that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So Uh, that's a, that's a big one that lots of people want to do is like, Oh, I want to just do this. I'm going to go off and buy a retreat center. Do not buy a retreat center. Okay. (laughs) Don't buy a retreat center. They are not profitable. No one has figured out how to make them profitable yet. Please don't do it. Okay. So, you know, this is, this is the thing that people really go into. And so I would say before you dump your life, find a way to make yourself happy. Then if you still want to dump your life, then you can do it. But Mm -hmm. 
the impetus is to try and throw the baby out with the bathwater and it doesn't solve the problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would, and those are, those are my big piece of advice for the people who are just stepping in. And then for the people who are a little further along, who have gotten through that two to five year mark and are now going, Hmm, yeah, it might be time to do my work. Uh, you know, the key to getting out of that phase that you were in, uh, because they, you go from, uh, that, that second phase is what I call proof and proselytizing because you basically, you're, you're going, holy crap, this stuff works. I must tell everyone I know and drag them out to classes with me so they don't think I'm nuts, right? That's that phase, right? <laughs> and every person I say that to starts laughing because they, they know they did that, right? Yeah. And then the next phase after that is the prove it phase to prove to yourself that it works, Right. And then that you can do something with it. That's that prove it phase. To get out of the prove it phase is to admit that there is no magic pill, that magic is not going to make you happy, that being magical and spiritual is not going to make you happy, that, that you have to do your own work, that you are the magic pill you've been seeking, that the answer is not outside of you, but inside of you. And so when you are stepping onto your spiritual path, that is the thing you have to come to grips with. And that's what will ultimately take you where you need to go um, on the path. Yeah, so there's not really like a one size fits all really. There's, it's just gonna be dependent on what stage people are at in their path. Well, I mean, in, in terms of, once you're ready to step onto your healing journey, then, mm-hmm. you know, find emotional safety, solidify your energetic container, do your spiritual work in terms of doing mm-hmm. your shadow work, right? That's the order of operations for actually healing. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to do that with me, I have programs for that. I have programs specifically for each of those three steps, mm-hmm. um, starting with the inner peace program, which is inner peace 101, finding emotional safety. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of if you're further along in your path, if you've gotten, if you've gotten some of that work done, if you're feeling like you've managed most of what I talked about in those first two steps and you're trying to move into the third step, then, you know, I, I have a program for that too. It's called evolve with sacred energetics. And it's a way to, to skip the first two steps and fill in the gaps because inevitably people have gaps. Mm -hmm. This is one of the challenges is because you're getting stuff from 15 different places you don't know if you've missed anything along the way. And that's the biggest mm-hmm. challenge with, with spiritual work right now is that almost nobody has an actual curriculum. And so you have no idea if you miss something. And so when you're mm-hmm. trying to take it to the next level, you're like, I'm not getting anywhere. Why am I not getting anywhere? And it's because you missed a step somewhere, but you don't know what step you missed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the Evolve program does is it fills in all those gaps and then takes you to the next stage after yeah. that. Yeah. And you mentioned your podcast there as well. So it's Spirit Sherpa. Spirit Sherpa. Your... Yeah. Yep. SpiritSherpaPodcast.com. Okay. If okay. you want the URL or Spirit Sherpa on any podcast. Okay. Platform. And it sounds like that is just going to be the fountain of knowledge for anybody who is interested in anything about their emotional healing yeah. and 
Yeah, there's 180 plus episodes. We've been doing this for three and a half years. So there are now <laughs> more each. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's it's everything from crystals and angels and tarot cards to sound healings to uh, ritual and ritual ideas to, uh, you know, personal growth and development stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you are from a challenged childhood, you would particularly love episodes 98, 99, and 100 on the knight in shining armor, the damsel in distress, and the two in relationship. You would love those. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it runs the gamut uh, mm-hmm. of personal growth and energy work and magic and mythology. We do a whole mythology series. We did a Wheel of the Year series. We did a Chakra series. We're, we're, this mm-hmm. year, we're going to do the uh, Seven Deadly Sins series. So oh, that sounds fun. amazing. Yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. So how else can people reach you as well? How can they find you? Best way to reach me is at kellysparta.com. And that's K-E-L-L-E, Sparta, like the Greek city-state, S-P-A-R-T-A.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want to email me directly, it's kelly at kellysparta.com. Yeah really hard I, li- I like to make things difficult right yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah and i'm on tiktok as kelly sparta that's a more casual thing i'm, I'm i've got a kelly sparta enterprises page on facebook i've got mm-hmm. I'm kelly sparta on instagram however you want to reach me kelly sparta on twitter although i'm not on mm-hmm. twitter much i cross post to twitter but i don't really talk on twitter well kelly thank you so much it has been absolutely amazing to have you on My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you could leave some feedback or rate the show, it would be a big help for other potential listeners. And don't forget to follow or subscribe so you receive a notification when I've added a new episode. You can also follow me on both Facebook and Instagram at Gemma Lonsdale Guru and the website is guidinglight.guru. 